Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. We're excited about this particular topic of, you know, are you making this mistake with student writing samples? It's something that we talk about in the summertime when we launch our EB writing program and we do our bonus trainings and all that stuff about student writing samples. And so I think this is going to go a little bit more in depth for you and just make this concept a lot more concrete and clearer as to kind of why we suggest you do things the way that we suggest you do. So with that being said, um, I'd love for you to think about this question, you know, do you dread teaching writing? And I think more often than not, middle school ELA teachers say that they do. It's a whole conversation I actually had with my mom years ago when she taught, she taught fifth grade for, I don't know, 35 years or 25 years or something like that. And she would always say to me, gosh, I hated teaching writing. I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to teach my students. Like it was a disaster. And so I'd love for you to kind of sit with yourself. Like, do you have that overwhelming sense of dread when it comes to teaching writing? And if you do, this is going to be a really helpful podcast episode for you. The other thing that I want you to think about is, you know, do you struggle to teach writing? And then do your students struggle to produce just anything passable, right? That doesn't take you hours to grade. So it might not just be a you thing too. Like they might hate it also, right? That might be what you're facing in your classroom. So I want you to consider, you know, what might be your biggest struggle with teaching writing? You know, what is like the one thing you're like, oh yes, that's what it is. You hit the nail on the head. So as I go through these, like they resonate with you, you know, be thinking about that. So is it because grading so many assignments when you have, you know, 65 sixth graders or 48 seventh graders and 39 eighth graders, or when I taught high school, I had 150 juniors, right? It was a lot of papers to grade. Or is it trying to find quality writing lessons to fit into a 47 minute class period? Because some of you have really short class periods, or perhaps you're in a situation where you struggle because you're sixth graders, you want to teach them how to write a quality sentence you know, let alone an entire proper paragraph. So like you're struggling with the basics, right? The the sentence, let alone a whole paragraph, let alone a whole freaking essay, right? Or is it figuring out what to do when some kids finish writing activities a whole heck of a lot more quickly than others? And then you have those other students who have just barely gotten started. So your writing period is kind of a disaster. And whatever the struggle is that you're facing, you know, has writing become your least favorite part of teaching English? Because to you, it's just like everything I said, it's, it's so much work, right? A hundred percent. It's totally relatable, I think. And we're willing to bet that you've experienced those things or that writing has become like that dreaded part of your day. If one or more of the following sounds familiar to you. So have you ever been in a writing period where you are literally going step by step together with your students to like put the proper MLA heading at the top and then add the title and then indent to do your intro paragraph. And then like, you're waiting for like the students who struggle with typing to kind of catch up. Okay. And you walk around and you check on each person. Okay. Now we're ready for the body paragraph. 
and you keep going on like this. And at that rate, like an entire essay is going to take days. So you're not even done with this one. And you're already like, oh my gosh, I can't do another unit like this again. Or maybe you survive a writing period like that, right? And you finally get those essays. You take them home with you. So it's Sunday afternoon. You sit down, you have your 34 text-dependent essays on the outsiders to grade. You start reading and you're like, wait a second. Like either my students didn't pay attention. They didn't care to do the work. Or I'm just that bad at teaching essay writing because there's tons of mistakes in these paragraphs, even though we did it together step by step, right? You're saying like, wait, where's their works cited pages? Or, oh gosh, how come they have these extra spaces between paragraphs? And that's just the formatting, right? But maybe then there's students who didn't even like cite some evidence in a body paragraph or there's punctuation errors everywhere, spelling, capitalization. So you're frustrated and let's face it, there's a lot of struggles that teachers face when it comes to teaching writing. And at EB, you know, we're all about writing. And we actually have four pillars that we focus on. And when you master those four pillars, it will really help you actually look forward to teaching writing because you're confident. You know how to teach writing to your students. Often, I think that's what's missing is like that. How do I do it? And then your students become confident because they actually know how to write. So today we don't want to overwhelm you with all four of those pillars and, you know, in gaining that confidence in teaching writing, but we're just going to focus on one and we're going to share it with you. It's one of our favorites and you're going to have actionable strategies that you can take and immediately start using in the classroom. Yeah. And so that one that we're going to focus on today, obviously is providing your students with teacher writing samples. Now, I know you may already do this with your students. And in fact, we, we, um, this past summer, when we had our launch for EB writing program, I asked this question, how many of you are providing your students with teacher writing samples? And a lot of people said yes, but it was really interesting the way in which they were providing them. So I want you to stick with us if you already do this, because, um, you're going to have probably a light bulb moment go off for you, right? There's always room for improvement. I always like to relate it to, you know, Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods or like some of the greats, like they're always practicing, right? So we, as teachers get to do the same thing in our profession and something that we say might spark that, you know, small little thing that ignites a change for the better in your classroom. So even if you're like, oh, I already do this, I still think there's something that you'll be able to take away from this. So utilizing teacher writing samples in your curriculum really is going to be absolutely essential in helping your students learn how to write quality essays on their own, like full stop. It's very, very important. And the teacher sample provides your students with examples. Of course, you know, this of strong vocabulary, right? Effective transition, a variety of sentence types that go beyond just those simple sentences that we see like that very um, choppy type of writing that we'll see from our students sometimes. And furthermore, the teacher sample demonstrates, you know, what does relevant evidence look like? What does thoughtful justification look like? And those are the, some of those main essay components that we should really be striving to teach our students. If you go look at the standards, like those are brought up time and time again in our standards for ELA. And so perhaps you already know the value, right, of providing your students with a sample mentor essay. And if you don't, what we're going to share is something that you want to take note of. So this might be something that you come back to um, time and again, and you listen and you take notes on this. So as we dive into everything, I want you to ask yourself, you know, if you're making this common mistake with the sample that you provide for your students, so is this an error that you're making that we feel right should be changed, should be set up differently. Um, and just come to let you share what this common mistake is that we see. And this is something that we believe if you do it and it works for you, um, great. And I also think that, uh, there's always room for improvement. So Jess, I'll let you share. Sounds good. So how many of you sit down, stand up, whatever it is, 
and model the paragraph or even the entire essay with your students. So this is before they go write their own essay, you model it for them. So maybe you stand in front of the room and you write it sentence by sentence on the board, or maybe you're lucky and you have a document camera or a projector. So, you know, you type it out line by line and they're looking at it. And as you do it, you kind of stop periodically and you talk out loud. So you say things like, hmm, I should use a transition here before my next idea. That will make my writing flow better. Or, okay, hmm, I know I need a good piece of evidence for this paragraph. I think I remember a quote from chapter six that I could use. And like you model going back to chapter six and, oh yeah, this is a great quote. Here's where I put my quotation marks. And you walk them through it like that. And if you do that, just consider like, is that effective for you? Because writing a sample paragraph like that, or even in an entire essay like that, becomes really time consuming quite quickly. And frankly, it can get boring. A whole class period can go by where literally students are just watching you write an essay. And let's face it, your students have likely turned out after the first sentence or two, right? And you might consider how much value are they actually getting from just watching you write sentence after sentence. Yeah. And if I want to say, you know, if you do this, there is zero judgment from us, right? We've all done things in our classrooms in the past that we're like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best choice. Right. And this is also such a great opportunity for you to take a look at what you're doing in your classroom and why, right? Thinking about that. Why, why am I doing this? And when we take time to reflect on the why behind the what, sometimes we're left with answers that allow us an opportunity to grow and to broaden our horizons as educators. So again, zero judgment from us, if you are doing this, but if your intention is to provide students with a quality writing sample that they can mimic, there are other ways to go about this that we believe is really going to meet that mark in a way that's more engaging, that's more meaningful for your students. And quite frankly, it's simple. And sometimes the best ideas are the easiest ones, right? And I love, love it when it's easy. Let it be easy is what I, we always say to our EB teachers. Don't make things complicated. We tend to do that as humans. And the simple answer to this is to prepare your writing sample in advance. Like that's it. No bells, no whistles. What is it? Dog and pony show. Is that that mm -hmm. phrase? <laughs> right. We strongly encourage our teachers to write a sample response for all the essay questions that they assign their students and write theirs in advance of even considering providing that question to students. So before you even give it to your students and you write the sample essay, you're writing your sample essay first before you even think about bringing that question as an essay question to your students. And what this does is it ensures that the writing prompt you either found online or that you found online and adjusted or that you fully wrote yourself, that it actually makes sense to students and that it's answerable with evidence from the text, right? So if you attempt to answer the essay question that you're going to give your students and you can't find sufficient evidence from the text, well, boom, light bulb moment, right? Because if you're unable to write a thoughtful response to the question with solid evidence, how on earth are our middle school students going to do it, right? And so once I started doing this for myself, I didn't do this in my first couple of years teaching. So just to be totally transparent with you, once I did start doing this though, it was a game changer because I realized that my students' essays weren't really as terrible as I thought they were. It was that my questions were convoluted and that my questions set them up for failure. And what a humbling moment 
right, for me as an educator to have that experience. And what a great moment to also begin to shift, right, and to turn things around in my classroom. And so once you have your sample essay written, you will instead use your very limited class time minutes that we have, you know, some of us 47-minute class periods or 42-minute class periods to go through the response with your students in a meaningful and an impactful way. And so depending on the writing framework that you use, you will have students identify all of those various aspects that are required, right? If you use our EBW approach, then you would have students identify the tag, the summary, the claim for the introductory paragraph, and then all of the elements for the body paragraphs and the conclusion, right? Everything. And so even if you're not using the EBW approach, if you use something else, they're going to search for all of those different components of that framework. And then you're also going to let them point out examples. What's strong vocabulary? What are effective transitions? And all of this can be done, like Jessica said, if you're lucky enough to have a document camera, or you can project the sample essay right onto a whiteboard. You can work through the essay together on the whiteboard. So it's almost like you're grading an essay together and really looking closely at an essay together. And what's cool about this is you're really taking your time to show your students why this works, what is working with this particular example. And I kind of like to think of it, and I will always use sports analogies, I kind of like to think of it like a coach, right, with his team or her team or their team watching tapes of the upcoming opponent, right? You can study their strengths. You can study their weaknesses together to better improve your game, right? So you're going into that game with them, knowing all of those things about them. And in this case, it's your student's own writing, right? So you are looking at the tape of a great example of what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses from this teacher writing sample. And now I'm going to take that back and apply it to my own writing, just like an athlete would apply it to their own game. And of course, it's much more efficient use of everyone's time than watching you write sentence after sentence while just having a handful of students actually participate. We all know like Liv will be there raising her hand, but Tate's going to be in the corner not doing anything, right? So we also want to let students have a copy of your sample essay if you can and refer to it as they write their own essay, especially as you're first teaching them how to write. You want to encourage them to model in their own writing how you introduced evidence, how you transitioned among paragraphs. And this is going to be especially important when you're first teaching students, you know, any new writing style, narrative writing, uh, uh, literary analysis from our EBW approach, persuasive writing, whatever it is, right? And of course, right, as the year progresses, just like with anything else, you might take that particular training wheel off and only provide students with like one sample body paragraph as you see fit. So it's kind of like that gradual release of this particular example that we're providing to help our students with their writing. And whenever we share this concept, right, of writing the essay beforehand, whenever we share it during writing workshops or at schools we go to for trainings for teachers, we inevitably get the exact same question each time. And it's, well, won't my students just copy what I wrote then? If I just give them a copy of that essay? And the answer is really they won't, but you have to set some guidelines, right? You have to tell them you are not allowed to use the same evidence that I did in my sample. And you just have to make sure that you're selecting maybe more obscure evidence that they aren't as likely to choose. Or if the question that you've created, that essential question for their text-dependent essay, focuses on, let's say, one particular character, you just tell your students, okay, you can't write about this character, you have to choose someone else. And Caitlin actually is a really good example. She always shares this one. And I think it just, it really illustrates the point. And it's like, oh, okay, this is doable. They're not just going to copy my work. So I'll let Caitlin. Yeah. So when we read Romeo and Juliet, you know, I always gave my students the question, who is most responsible for the deaths of Romeo and Juliet? And there are some obvious players that are like, oh, it would be that person, that person, that person. 
I pick the more challenging character, right? I might say that actually Friar Lawrence is the one who is responsible for the deaths of Romeo and Juliet. That's more difficult to find evidence for, whereas opposed to some of the other characters are a lot easier for students to go find evidence for. So it's helpful to ask a question like that. The other thing that I'll do too, is I might give my students, you know, eighth graders, seventh graders, you know, if we're looking at the higher grades of middle school, I'm going to give them maybe two, three, four prompts to choose from. And my sample essay is just going to answer one of them. And I might set something up where if you choose the same question that I've provided a sample essay for, that's the basic one. But if you choose these other ones, I'm going to give you extra credit points, right? So they're a little bit harder, but you get that extra credit. So it allows them to decide if they want to challenge themselves or not. So that's just a nice little way that I like to switch that up too. And I actually really like that because you can also, that's a way of differentiating, right? If you Mm. give that sample essay, students who do struggle, you might say, Hey, you might want to use the one I wrote and help. It'll help guide you more as you write. Mm -hmm. Um, So Caitlin gave you one whole idea, right? Of writing your sample essay beforehand and then like basically grading it with your students. And I want to share one more possible idea that you can take and use in your classroom. So another option for giving students a writing sample without spending all that class time writing it in front of them is to, once again, you write the sample ahead of time. And then what you would do is you'd make multiple copies of that sample. And you would take each sentence in that sample essay and put it on like a strip of paper. So you're cutting it out. So, you know, you'll have to mess with the formatting a little bit. And so you have multiple copies of the essay and you have multiple copies of those sentences. And you basically group them. You divide your students into small groups and you give each group a pack of the sentence strips for that essay. And then what your students do is they have to arrange those sentence strips into a well-constructed response. And it's so cool because what they'll do is they'll naturally start analyzing each sentence. They're going to note transitions and whether or not a sentence is a quote from the text or actual justification as they determine what order to put the sentences in. So students who are familiar with the EBW framework that we teach in our EB writing program, they're going to start debating like what part of the framework is being represented by each sentence? Is this a tag? Is this a premise? Is it something else? And that is so helpful for them as they start to internalize the framework itself. So it's a really high level activity and it gets students thinking about writing and actually analyzing the sample, which as we talked about earlier, that's the main reason we provide students with the sample to begin with. So it's like the result we're getting what we want. And it's a really like fun, interactive activity for students. I will say though, that I might not start off with this right away, right? I might have my students just sort out a body paragraph before they move into a full-blown essay, unless they're older students, because it can get tricky. So we want to just tell them, you know, here are some things to look for. Note those transitions. Those are going to give you clues that whether it's the intro paragraph or the conclusion, et cetera. But um, students love that activity. So I highly encourage you to try it out. Yes. And I'll just echo what you just said. I did this with fifth graders and with seventh and eighth graders, fifth graders. The first time you do it, a full essay does not work. Take it from someone who made that mistake, but with seventh and eighth graders, a hundred percent, like I was able to give my students. So it's going to also depend on your level of your students as well. Um, but it is such a great activity, like the way in which they're talking about the sentences. Oh, this transition word makes it seem like it would go here. This is obviously a premise that supports the claim. Like to hear students having those conversations about writing is just really neat to see like in class. So anyways, just a little side note there. 
So writing your own teacher sample to share with students before every single writing assignment for the year, yes, might seem like a daunting task. You're like, oh man, I got to do this now too, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to be, right? It's all about our perspective, okay? I've shared something recently with our team, our believer. I can't remember where it was in, a, in my Monday mindset email that I sent out that it's that old adage that life is what 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. So this is one of those great examples about shifting our perspective because when we put up this work up front. This means that you can use that sample for years to come if your texts and your writing prompts stay the same or stay similar, right? Even if they don't stay the same, you will now be so well equipped with the skill of composing a sample essay for your students that writing a new one for a new novel is going to be much easier for you in the past. It's all about pr practicing that particular skill. And because you are working on this and you're writing essays too, you're going to be much better able to teach it to your students. You're going to know where those roadblocks are like, oh, it is really difficult to formulate a claim or whatever. And you can share your own learned experiences with students because you are doing the same exact work that they are, right? But not only that, putting in the work up front to provide students with that quality example and taking the time in class to really work through the example together, showcasing what's working, perhaps even what can be improved, right? If your students are like, actually, Miss Mitchell, this transition word might be better. You're like, okay, maybe I'll add that in for next time, right? What's going to happen is you are going to get higher quality writing from your students. And that is ultimately going to mean that it's easier for you to grade students' essays. It's going to take you less time, right? So you're reaping the reward on the back end in dividends. So it really is a win all around for your students and for yourself. And so if you're interested in learning more about our EB writing program that we've talked about in today's podcast episode, we teach teachers how to teach writing, not only using this particular strategy of using strong teacher writing samples, but so many others. We break the writing process down step-by-step. Step. And we'd invite you to learn more about the EB Writing Program if you go to ebwritingprogram.com. We have great sample curriculum materials that you can check out for yourself as well and information to share with your curriculum director or admin. But whatever you do, the takeaway from this particular podcast episode is to write your own teacher writing samples before you bring that particular essay question into your class. You're going to share it with your students. You'll work through it together. And then Jessica's example that she talked through is such a great activity to get your students really kind of using an essay in a, in a manipulative way, right? We think about like math manipulatives and it's not really applicable to English. Well, here's a perfect example of us seeing that in action. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, definitely leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you and what you guys think about what we're sharing with you. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. And we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye everybody. 